Orthos and I had left the Queen's Guard to start a new life. He wanted to focus more on his family, he wanted to be around them. I think part of me was just sick of being in the military and wanted to do something for myself. Maybe I just didn't want to keep doing it without Orthos. It's hard when you leave something behind. You always hope you left it in capable hands. You fret when things go wrong. It was because you weren't there to influence the outcome or you worry that you actually haven't left it behind and someday it'll come calling again. Through the years, people have been interested in stories from other worlds. Stories of heroes and villains and everything in between. This is one of those stories. These are Tales from Another Realm. Welcome back to another episode of Tales from Another Realm. I am your Dungeon Master, Keith. And with me this time, I've got Mike. Your prosciutto enthusiast. I've got Coons. Hello. And it's just the three of us today. Uh, we're actually doing another special episode. Uh, Kick going... the others out of the club. Right. So we're going back in time again and continuing the, the tale of Malak and Orthos and Orion. So this story takes place uh, during the last year of the war, uh, about 31 years ago from current time, and roughly nine years after the last time we visited these characters. Sybil Nox and Camroth Dorlmunin uh, have continued to fight with the aid of the Orc King, Orak the Prime, uh, who you guys kind of facilitated that connection with. The three of them, with their forces combined, have pushed the forces of the noble nations into their strongholds. Uh, for the dwarves, it's the Bindurth Keep, and for the high elves, it is the city of Fenora, uh, which is deep in the mountains north uh, in the tiny hills just north of Blondale, which is not on the current map, because mm. this place does not exist in current times. Mm. Though the war is going their way, there's still something troubling in the mind of Sybil Knox. And that's, what is this blade that they found? So both Malik and Orthos have left the Queen's Third Division to start a life outside of the war. Uh, they wanted to spend their efforts and time helping people and being a direct connection to what they needed. Uh, occasionally they would help in with the war effort if they needed to. Uh, but not on the same scale as they did before. Uh, 
And a lot of that also had to deal with Orthos. Uh, you, your wife, had a child. And then you subsequently had another child. Uh, <laughs> I'm a dad yeah, times First one two. went so well. Right. So your, your first child has grown to the age of nine by this point. Uh, and you named him Drozdar. And then the second child, the daughter, uh, she's five now, and her name is Anakis. And so the two of you separated. When Orthos decided he wanted to leave, Malik really didn't find much reason to want to stick around anymore. And when Orthos told them this idea of wanting to, to start a sort of group of people that would help others, he kind of gotten fueled by that passion, too. And so you guys left to the the town of Yolfrain, where Orthos lived, and where his family was. And you created the Clockwork Blades. hey yo. And so, what is the average day like for the Clockwork Blades? At this time, our guilds, like Super Duper, like, they're still established, right? Like So, there are some established guilds, but not many. Uh, the that only was like ones a result of like post-war stuff, right? right? So the only ones that are semi-established right now are the uh, Iron Shields, which are from mm-hmm. Treya, which mostly are just guards. They're people that have just become guards. It's like a crash training course in becoming a guard in a night. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the uh, the Magic Hearts in Gareth, which is mostly just tied to the School of Magic. So they're not really as much of adventurers as they are just a lot of, like, high-end scholars at this point. Uh, And then you've got the guilds in Asylum, uh, the Harbingers of the People, which are the, like, healers and clerics that go out and protect people and heal people throughout the land. Mm -hmm. So the Clockwork Blades are officially the first guild that are, like, adventurers. Cool. Cool. So you guys are kind of the ones that started that. How many members do we have at this point? How many do you have at this point? Oh, sh- should we? How about we both roll d twenty coons, then add our numbers together? Ooh, I think that's pretty frisk task. I hope we both roll one. <laughs> it, it's just us. Yeah, it's just us. <laughs> Been having a really hard time. I got fourteen. Nin- Nineteen. Damn. We're doing good. <laughs> Sounds like we're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So that's thirty-three people. How many? Maybe thirty-three. Uh, maybe some old connections. That might be a good way to explain. Yeah. Maybe okay. we pooled like retired soldiers that were still itching to scratch that adventurer's itch. Yeah, mm-hmm. reaching out to the veterans, mm-hmm. okay. offering them a job after they've been out of the military. Um, I'd imagine that we both also kind of have a name like we we've kind of got rep you know Mm -hmm. so maybe you're like oh shit malik and and this other guy starting a guild let's let's go hang out with them like they're the guys to hang out with right on that topic i'd imagine that malik isn't doing much work right now he's probably like focused on running the guild and being an uncle Mm -hmm. my uh my attentions are uh Split more than they should be. Yeah. I'll say. So we've probably been out of the loop for a while, focusing on running a business and being a parent slash maybe even godfather. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just kind of like 
we built our reputation. We have plenty of members. They're taking jobs, bringing in money for the guild. We've kind of taken a back seat slash managed like managerial kind of role, maybe. Okay. So, so what is an average day like for the two of you? The day starts and focuses on the on the wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Your wife is Song, is her name, right? I do deeply love them, and I get a lot of joy out of uh, really almost uh, vicariously basking in childhood again through my uh, through my kids. It's especially weird for you because you were born and raised in the deep, right? So it's it's also strange because your children have a sort of freedom that you never had when you were younger. Mm-hmm. It's at night where I especially focus on work, and uh, it keeps me up very late as I uh, turn to the maps and um, our squad leaders and ensure that things are working well with the guild. Yeah. Very often bothering Malik in the wee hours. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? Waking him up, racking on his window and such for advice and input. Okay. Malik probably has adopted a, like, early morning routine, kind of like that of, like, a boxing gym owner. You know, like, Mm -hmm. spends, like, 95% of his time at the guild, almost lives there. You know, like, wakes up early, goes and opens the place, cleans, and gets it ready for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably beyond like managerial stuff, like offers training lessons to guild members and such. Like that's kind of like functioning as a some some form of like sensei of sorts, like a, a master for like aspiring adventurers who would be willing to train with him. Mm-hmm. So that way he like keeps his physique and his like edge but he's not necessarily going out and doing things unless he's like required to or find something that particularly catches his interest mm-hmm. um but he's just kind of basking in his like his golden days like he's past that he's like retired in a sense um but like is still wanting to work you know what i mean like, i mean like he's that. still pretty young yeah, for sure. Like, he's just, he's worked his way through military. With from wartime. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's out. He's like, cool, like, this is my time to relax. But, like, he just can't. He's like, he's got to keep himself busy. You know? Right. I'm definitely focusing more on the uh, the logistics and... Um, the, like, bookkeeping? Yeah, side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, in fact, I would say uh, most of our members see me pretty pretty rarely. Uh, in in comparison to Malik, anyways, I'm trying really hard to keep uh, my home life and my guild business separate. I don't want it to influence the choice of my kids. I don't want them to feel like they have to be fighters. Okay, um, that's really really important to me. And then Malik will almost—I I don't want to say go directly against that. What will be like constantly <laughs> trying to like get his kids to like partake in combat drills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like a bad influence uncle kind of way. Right. So when you're working with the two of them, uh, Drozdar definitely shows a lot more interest in the combat and stuff like that. Though he, he typically is only really good with like a knife. 
okay. you, you haven't he hasn't really taken an inkling towards any larger weapons or anything like that but he's fairly skilled with like a knife and like close range combat i'll totally embrace that and kind of teach him when i can i'll like and if his dad's like hey stop that i'll like sneak behind his dad and teach him how to do that um, I might scold you a bit for it, like, on the side, <laughs> and I'll give you dirty looks, but I won't tell him no. Um, but I'm sure not, I'm not sharing any of my war stories or anything with them, or, uh, at, at most, I'm giving them a, that's good son type of, uh, Encouraging. kind of glancing mm-hmm. thing. That, that's about it. I don't know what, what does, what does song think about this uh song is song's happy that like they have role models around to look after um like she she's happy that you're home that you're around and so like malik's antics of like teaching them to fight and stuff she kind of just takes as like at least they've got somebody to bond with like that's kind of what it's really about is the bonding more mm-hmm. so than it is like, oh, he's teaching them to fight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's happy about that. And it's also times that she doesn't have to worry about dealing with them. She's like, I know Malik's looking after them. I could get a couple of hours of sleep. For sure. <laughs> and I, I would take, like, I mean, they're too young to be learning how to fight, fight. It, right. it's, it's more like enrolling your young kid in, like, karate. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it gives them something right. to do. It keeps them active and then also, like, teaches them self-discipline and, right. like, self-confidence and stuff like that. But uh, when it comes to Anakis, I mean, she's five. Um, right. So, like, she really has no interest in the fighting or, like, mm-hmm. learning combat or, like, drills or anything like that. Uh, more often than not, Orthos, uh, when you're, like, sitting in your office looking over paperwork, writing your books and stuff like that, you often kind of, out of the corner of your eye, see her kind of veering around the edges of a corner, just kind of watching you quietly. And, like, every now and again, like, you'll walk out to grab something to drink or grab a bite to eat or something just to kind of keep yourself going. And when you come back, you find her like standing up on your chair over your desk, looking at stuff. And like, she asks you a lot of questions often like, Ooh, what's this? And like, how much does this cost? And like, why do you go to this place? And like, just like a lot of general questions that she asks a lot. She asks a lot of questions. (laughs) Sometimes I'm sure it's a lot. And you're just like, Give me a minute. <laughs> but, but she's very curious, more so than anything. And a lot, of, a couple of times during training with Drazdar, Malik, mm-hmm. you've noticed that he's occasionally will get very aggressive with okay. you. I'll try and work on him with that. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like anger aggressive? Like, she is just like, I'm going to kill you. Fuck no, I, you. I, I'd say it's overzealous. Okay. Like, it's not that he takes it too seriously. He just really gets a lot of, like, he enjoys it a lot and gets very carried away. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll work on kind of getting him to control that a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell him that his enthusiasm is good, but, like, if you're too enthusiastic, people will use that against you. Right. That can also get ahead of you very, very fast, and you don't want that to happen. Right. Uh, the other thing, Orthos, for the last nine years, 
you've had a lot of trouble with sleeping. Hmm. Okay. Explains um, why I work so much in the night. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good portion of it. Uh, because when you try to sleep, first of all, it's hard for you to even fall asleep. Uh, you've noticed in the last nine years, you've become much more of an insomniac. Um, okay. You, you take forever to fall asleep. When you do, you maybe sleep for like a collective three hours at a time before you wake up. But as you sleep, you have dreams. But they're not dreams the way you're used to dreaming before. They're incredibly vivid and they're exhausting. Like they feel like you feel like you're part of them. But most of the time, you never see yourself in these dreams. You see other people doing things. And you, you see individuals that you've never met. Or ones that you don't think you know. And then some that you're, you feel like you know, but you can't put your finger on it. And it's... Occasionally, you get these images of this sword in your head. The one that you saw nine years ago. And you, you see this this person in this this black armor with these spiked edges, and you you see these these orbs filled with this this cloudy smoke, and you see several individuals fighting to to stop what's happening, but the the people involved change often. Occasionally. You'll, you'll see this, this gnomish man uh, in, like, a detective's hat. And with him, you'll, you'll see this young half-orc man. Uh, you'll, you'll often see this, this kind of uh, shambled wizard. And this, this young tiefling girl who always has this hood over her head. Uh, but occasionally you'll also see other individuals kind of mixed and matched in there. Uh, once you saw, like, a turtle man who kind of looks like a monk. You've seen, like, a kobold involved every once in a while. Like, it, it just changes individuals, but you, you always see four people. There's always four people involved. And you always see images of these these other individuals, which you get mixed feelings about as you have these dreams. You're not sure who they are, what they want, but you you get mixed feelings about their motives. Occasionally you'll see one where it's just this this white-skinned, gnarly-looking individual looks like dead. But like that, whenever you see them, you just get a sense of chill and fear and you wake up in a sweat. Uh, occasionally you'll see this beautiful entity, something that you've never seen before with these grayed eyes that just seem like they're not seeing anything but see everything and they're they're surrounded by this beautiful light and you've just never witnessed anything like that but you get this weird sense of uh, hope and awe whenever you see them uh, you'll you'll see this orcish man and this young orc woman making plans and like it, it's all so confused but you know that this girl has other plans. She's got other things that she's doing that this other man knows nothing about. And it's just all these mixed feelings and images, and it just, it's so hard to sleep. But on today, today, you have a few people in the guild going off and doing several different jobs. 
uh, Orthos, you you find a kind of moment where you can quietly sit in your office and look over some notes and some things as there are people are out on jobs figuring out where all the money's coming from, where you're putting money into to to keep the guild going. Um, Malik, you're in your sort of dojo area, yeah, training a couple of the the younger recruits that you still haven't decided if they're ready or not to go out on jobs. So you're putting them through a couple of tests before sure. you really send them out on their next job. Yeah. And it's probably Orthos who hears it first uh, because you're in the quiet of your office. Uh, is your office on the main floor or is it up above? Above. Above? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're above the main area, entrance area, and you hear incredibly heavy footsteps walk through the main door. Do I recognize them? Not exactly. It just it sounds like someone very big, but you okay. you don't recognize it right away. Okay, I'll step out and take a peek. Okay, uh, so you like step down the staircase and kind of look around the corner, and you see a a large man, a large dragonborn man, standing there, and he he has goldish bronze. Uh, scales and it takes you a moment because it's been a very long time but you you definitely recognize this as orion and he is like kind of wandering around the lower floor floor kind of looking around looking at like the different plaques and stuff that you guys have had on the walls different trophies from various jobs that you've kind of put up and he stops and kind of turns and looks back at you as you kind of step into the main area. I'll kind of gawk for a few moments. It's, uh, it's been a long time. Hmm. Orthos. It has. Long time. I'm sorry to drop it like this. I planned to send Ward ahead, but I didn't have time. But it's good to see you. It's uh, it's good to see you too. He uh, he kind of slowly walks over, very heavy footsteps as he does so, and uh, puts a hand out for a shake. I'll look at it for a few seconds. Um, <laughs> almost lost in my thoughts now, but I'll snap out of my stupor and take it. Okay. Uh, when he takes your hand, it's different than what he used to do. It's not as vigorous. It's not as violent. It's controlled. It's very poignant. That'll put a small smile on my face. The The man that you see in front of you is not the same. Like, as you look at him, you can tell he's much more matured. But you also sense that he is just as dangerous as ever as you look at him. He's still incredibly large and powerful feeling. And like you, you, his, the way that he is imposing is different than he used to be. Before, it was kind of a crazy power where he was just completely unhinged. But as you, as you look at this man before you, he seems to be dangerous, but calm. Do I know if he's still in? You, you've you heard stories, but you're not 100% sure. You you haven't been completely connected to the military as you used to be. Right. Um, 
But you've heard rumors that the the Dragonborn Alliance and the Human Alliance have actually merged their uh, army armies into one into a joint battalion. Uh, and you've definitely heard the the name of the Lancers of Glory. And as you look at him, you actually see a badge on his armor. And it's one that you've kind of seen before that you kind of recognize as a major general badge. Okay. Moving up in the world, I see. Hmm. I guess you could say that. I've taken on a sort of position since the two of you left. It seems that with the two of you gone, I've become one of the more trusted warriors in the group. Good. You deserve it. Where's, uh, Malik at? He's running around here someplace, probably in the, um, the training space. Follow me. Hmm. He nods and follows you. Malik! As you guys, like, walk in, I'll just be, like, screaming judo chop, and I'll be, like, karate chopping a kid in the clavicle. <laughs> Perfect. And then I'll stop and be like, oh, Orion, if it ain't the bootlicker himself. Malik. <laughs> he kind of walks over and offers a hand to you. I'll hop, help this guy up and kind of pat him on the shoulder and be like, always protect your clavicles. That's today's lesson. He and that right, like, Orion. Takes your arm, gets up, and kind of like rubs his shoulder. And just like, ah, yeah, thanks. I'll remember that one. You know yeah. how you cl- or protect your clavicles? How's that? Pauldrons. Ah, uh, yeah, right. And that so right, should, Orion. Should we be wearing pauldrons, pauldrons during training? A swift mind or well, a leather neck? If you're wearing pauldrons while... Well, training, and I judo-chopped you in the clavicle, I'd break my hand. So, no. Oh, okay. Thanks. Smack and he kind of, like, walks away. Ah, oh, Malik. Never change. Well, you've definitely changed. I'm gonna poke him in the chest where his badge is. Mm. Right. Well, I, I have something I need to speak to the two of you about. If you have a moment. I have nothing but moments. Certainly. Uh, we probably want someplace private, right? Correct. I'm going to turn to this group of students. Like, I want all of you to take turns trying to judo-chop each other in the clavicles. I'll be back. A, a couple of them are hasty about it, like, not sure. <laughs> but, like, there's, like, two kids that are just jumping at the chance and Fuck immediately yeah. just start going in for the chops. And, like, the poor kids that they're against are just, like feeling back trying to figure out what to do. But yeah. <laughs> Alright. Alright, Orion. Alright, um follow me. Let's let's go to my office. Okay. So the the three of you go back into the main room and then up into your office. I'll sit down in the big fancy chair and put my feet on the desk. And as you guys step in, Orion kind of stands kind of more at attention. Um and waits for the two of you to kind of get comfortable before he starts talking. I'll take a seat. Um, I'll lean forward and kind of uh, lace my fingers so I wait for whatever he's got to say. Hmm. I'm expecting something bad. It's probably written on my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be completely oblivious. So, as you've heard, the queen and the king have 
created a joint battalion. You might have heard of the Lancers of Glory. Yeah. I'm one of the major generals for that. Let me guess, they fired you and asked us to take your job. (laughs) If only. It would make life a lot more quiet for me, that's for sure. I was given a special directive by Queen Knox. A job that requires me to go to the deep. To do so, I need a guide. Someone who's familiar with the deep. I'll turn and look at you. And specifically someone who can be trusted with sensitive information. There's only one man I knew that would be fitting for this. Okay, so what's the situation? As you know, a couple of years ago, we were on that job. We got that box with that sword in it. Right. The queen has been trying to figure out what it is with not much avail. It's been how many years? Nine. You still don't know what that thing does? Not quite. Well, we kind of learned some of the things that it does, but we don't know what it is. We've had... It's a sword. Magic users look it over because it it seems to radiate some sort of divination magic. People who touch it seem to see things. That sword hasn't left my dreams since. Right. But the metal. Every time we've had a blacksmith look at it, no one's been able to figure out what the sword is actually made of. No one seems to know where the source of the magic came from. Have you taken it to the college? Yes. But you think you're going to find the answer in the deep? That's where it came from. And you think they know better? It's possible. Down there? That place has been around very long. There's a lot of individuals that are down there that have been alive longer than anyone on the surface. Doesn't mean that they're wise. True. But it's better than what we've got right now. So, the queen contracted me with first finding the gnolls that may or may not have been involved with getting the sword out of the deep. Finding out where they got it from. You've been in touch with the gnolls? No. That's part of this job. So we're getting in touch with the gnolls. Correct. But... (laughs) <laughs> Shoot, Earth, that's a pretty unhappy look. <laughs> I, uh, I'm be kind of sulking. This is like the exact opposite of what I want. So the job, if you're willing to help, is to go to the deep, find the gnolls, try to find ones that knew where that sword initially came from, follow the lead, and get as much intelligence as we can as possible. If it was anyone other than you... The idea is to just gather intelligence. That's it. Gaining intelligence. Not going to assassinate someone or fight a war. No. I'm gonna look at Earthos. Your call. I'm the one that keeps your ass out of trouble, and here's for you. If it was anyone other than you, even if it didn't involve that blasted sword, I would tell him no. But for you, I'll make an exception. I feel like I owe you one. After I up and left and 
left you hanging dry. He kind of weakly smiles. Thank you. It's good to see you again, old friend. It's good to see you too. I can't say this is going to be easy. I can't say that there won't be a fight. Knowles aren't easy to talk to. They're not usually willing to give up information. And the Deep is not generally a friendly place, especially to those above ground. But I trust the two of you. That was your first mistake. And know that you'll have my back. Of course. Very mixed replies. (laughs) All right, well, when are we scheduled to go? As soon as possible. And we're going to have to find someone to watch the guild for us while we're gone. I'm going to have to go tell the wife. Uh, as you guys are having this kind of part of the conversation, uh, a door from the back opens up and this boy runs in uh, and he kind of starts running around the area as a small little girl kind of comes out chasing after him mm-hmm. as the, the two of them are kind of playing a game of some sorts where she's trying to uh, tag him. Um, And uh, you see your wife song kind of run in, trying to chase the two of them to keep them quiet. And during the hours where the guild's operating and uh, she like looks up at you and uh, Orthos and then kind of stops for a moment and realizes that she's kind of stumbled into a fairy Serious conversation. I'll, uh, feign a smile and kind of reach out and try and snatch up my kids. Okay. Um, And how are my two little gremlins doing? Ah, Dad, we're we're just having a lot of fun. Sorry, we didn't mean to come up in during business hours and bother you. And, uh, (laughs) Anakis kind of looks up. Uh, Yeah, sorry, Dad. Didn't mean to bother you. Well, look up song and uh, smile as best I can. She, she's a a tiefling woman uh, who has kind of gray blue skin, um, almost like a uh, I guess you'd say like a like a cyan probably. Whoa, like a um, bright blue. Hmm. Like a. Like a greenish blue? Yeah, maybe almost close to that. Um, and and she's got horns that are kind of small and branching slightly. Um, kind of drawn eye shade? Yeah. And uh, she's got kind of a uh, shoulder length hair that has like blue hints to it. Wearing a, a fairly common like uh, tunic and uh, slacks. That makes it easier for her to kind of run around with the kids without uh, tripping up on anything. And she kind of weakly smiles at you and looks over at Orion. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, my, we, we try not to get involved with, our, uh, with my husband's business, but um, my name's Song. And she kind of walks over to him and he bows to her, takes her hand. My name is Orion, and I'm an old colleague of your husband's. And she kind of, like, stops, looks at him, and, like, sees the badge, and kind of looks back at you with a slightly worried look. (laughs) It would seem that I'm going to be, uh, 
departing on business for a little while, headed back home. Right. I'll need you two to be tough, and I will need you, I'll look back at uh, my wife, to hold down the fort while I am away. Right. I shouldn't be gone long. <laughs> Jazdar kind of looks up at you with this, this smile, like, oh, I can be tough, and I'll help look after the guild, too, while you're gone. Well, there we go, problem solved. <laughs> my little man. I've been I've been working on magic and stuff. I I recently been able to summon a small flame, and he kind of like holds out his hand, and you see this like little poof of flame kind of appear in it, and he just looks so proud of himself. You be careful with that. Notice how this place is mostly made out of wood. Oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, he kind of puts it out. My little man, <sighs> you'll need to take care of your mother too. Oh, absolutely. And your sister. Right. And he kind of, like, looks down at her, and she kind of, like, gives him a look like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm a second thought kind of, like, look. And he just kind of smiles at her and is like, don't worry, I wouldn't let anything happen to you, Rugrat. Adorable. You've got a lot on your plate. Well, if I'm going to be anything like you, and he kind of smiles. All right. But really, I'm counting on you not to burn the place down. <laughs> I know. I won't. I'd never burn this place down. <laughs> With that said, though, we do need to find someone to run the guild while we're gone. Is there anybody who right. would be capable of doing it that you know of? Who are who are our star pupils? With a level head. Yeah, probably not anybody that I just judo-chopped in the clavicle. <laughs> right. Probably not. Yeah, is there anybody that we know of who's joined that is capable? Yeah, you guys tell me. Oh, alright. What about that elf gentleman you're always praising? He seems like he's got a level mind. And, uh, the managerial mindset, too. Onus will do the job. He's always into that sort of thing. He's he's a pencil pusher like you. (laughs) Well, let's, uh, find him. Make sure that he's available. You... Wrangle your little ones. I'll go downstairs and see if I can find him. Yeah, it's it's easy enough for you to find him. He's uh, running an archery jill outside with some of the other uh, fairly capable people. Okay. I'll wait till he's just about to release an arrow, and then I'll be like, Onus! <laughs> uh, he fires and still hits the mark. And he turns and looks at you. Yes, you need me for something. Yeah, do you have them all? Absolutely. He uh, kind of hands the bow and arrow that he was holding to one of the other people, uh, gives him a quick instruction, and walks over to you. You've been at the guild since we've opened it. Yes, I guess it has been that long, hasn't it? You've been one of our most ambitious members. I'll say that. He uh, kind of smirks a little bit. Now, me and Orthos are going to be going out on a mission. We don't know how long we're going to be gone, but we need someone capable of running the guild while we are gone. He kind of raises an eyebrow. It's unusual for the two of you to take a job. This must be kind of special. Queen's orders. His eyes kind of grow a little bit. Oh. Okay. I'll smile. Now, don't go burning the place down while we're gone. and Don't make any business decisions that I wouldn't. Or Orthos wouldn't, for that matter. Well, it's easier to 
not make business decisions you would make. And that's why I included Earthos. Right, but I could definitely be more cautious, yes. Please do. Um, don't let any of the newbies get killed while we're gone, and uh, don't drain the bank account, either. Right. I'll watch over everything. Don't if worry. You need to get in touch with us, uh, don't. We probably won't have reception where we're going. That's fair. All right. Well, come See, on upstairs okay. and let's do some paperwork, and then uh, we'll get you squared away. All right. So, yeah, you guys are able to do all that. Um, Orthos, uh, you and Sung take the the kids back to your house, which is just kind of next to the guild. Um, okay. She kind of wrangles them into the room and kind of steps into the living room with you. I know you need to go. Don't worry, it's just, um, reconnaissance and negotiation. I shouldn't be doing anything that's going to put me in, uh, any real harm. So, I shouldn't be gone long. Um, you rest easy. She kind of looks like she wants to say something, but she, she just puts her hands on your hips and pulls you closer and into a hug. She kind of buries her her face in your chest a little bit. You know I love you, right? I do. Be careful. Come back. I will. There's too many people counting on me not to. That man, uh, Orion, he's, he's with the military, right? Yes. You used to work with him? Yes. Do you trust him? No. I do. Good. We've had our disagreements, but maybe I didn't appreciate him at the time, but over the years, I uh, sometimes you need people to think differently than you. Right. I respect him. Be careful. Don't worry. Things will be fine. Yeah. I'll be back before you know it. Okay. Do what you need to do. I'm going to give her a kiss. And she kisses you back. You can, as you're kissing her, you, you feel her kind of slightly shaking, but she's, she's strong. I'll, uh, pull her in extra tight. She squeezes you tighter and she lets go, kind of steps back, smiles at you, kicks some ass. Okay. I will. Might be good for me. Get some real exercise. Get the blood flowing. Right. God knows you need it. <laughs> we, um, find our replacement. Yeah, he's gonna do the job. He's already signed the paperwork and such, so. Sounds good. He said he won't burn the place down or sell it, so. I think we're in the good. What more can we ask for? That's what I said. <laughs> It'll be like old times, won't it? That's what you want to call it. Meat. Keeping your ass out of trouble, but uh, I could use the experience. Keeping my ass out of trouble. Uh, you guys, as you're, are you guys inside having this conversation, or are you outside? Uh, walking and talking. Okay. Um, you start to hear a cart pull up. Oh shit! As the the two of you are having a conversation, um, 
I'll and you see the air, like, you smell that? You see Orion kind of uh, step out of the cart, uh, motions for the driver to wait a minute as he comes up and, all right, I've procured us a ride, so we'll be able to get there fairly quickly. Did we grab our things? Can we grab our things? I'll say you guys grabbed your things. Cool. Throw my bag over my shoulder and walk up to the cart. As you walk up to the cart, you see a youngish man sitting there. Is it a Heath Chris Christopher? Uh, well, the Heaths Is have not the been Chris Christopher been split yet. Like right, there's right, there's right. not the the abundance of Heath Chris Christophers. Um, that you used to, or that, you know, us in the present day know of. Right, right. Um, there's still just one Heath Chris Christopher. Uh, but this isn't him. Wow. I guess I smelled wrong, then. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it, when you see him, you, you can see the same face, but he's a young man now. He's not a 17-year-old boy anymore. He's... He's a 26-year-old. All growed up. Well, shit. He told me we were coming here and we were going to be working with you guys again, but I had to see it to believe it. Now it really is just like old times. Well, I ain't going to get as involved as I did last time. I already bet myself on that. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you, you say said that last now. Time. <laughs> I'm gonna slap you on the back, Alec. I don't know how I let you all drag me into that mountain. <laughs> Y'all are pretty crazy asking a 17-year-old kid for some <laughs> ideas about how to do some espionage and military shit. Well, now we'll be asking a 20-something-year-old about espionage and military shit. So I hope you've brushed up. Young minds have the best ideas. I've been working a lot with the the military recently, so I've been dealing with a lot of people going back and forth around the, the continent. Climb into the cart. So I'm very familiar with it now, but uh, you know, nobody else has really uh, talked to me the way that you guys did back in that day. I'm just gonna poke my head out and smile. Take it easy on the bumps. My back ain't what it used to be. Yeah, that's fair. My legs ain't the way they used to be either, so I understand. Oh, that's a shame, because I was hoping you'd carry me there. He kind of smiles. Let's get going. And so the the four of you go off, and you make your way. I will try my damnedest to uh, catch some extra Zs along the way. And as you do this time, you you are able to sleep. Uh, you you aren't disturbed by anything. Uh, but as you right before you wake up, you think you hear a voice, and. You can't tell what it's saying, but it's it's soft and in the distance. Almost like a a whisper on the wind. But you wake up right before you guys come to the main entrance of the deep. And uh Heath pulls it around and in through the main up to the main entrance and kind of stops. Well, this is as far as I can take y'all. Is it as far as you can take us? Yeah, the the entrance to the deep is pretty narrow. Uh, so it's very I'm, cart friendly. Yeah. The the deep is not the way that we know it in the present. Okay. In the present, the entrance to the deep 
is wide enough to get a cart through. Not anymore. Or not yet, though. Not yet. Gotcha. Okay. Both of you have the map of the deep? Yup. Up and available? Yes, okay. yes, yes. So, uh, this is actually something that Orthos has. This is information that you know. You you know the layout of the deep fairly well. Um, because you used to live there. Um, you specifically used to work for the Tiefling King. What did I do for him, per se? You, you ran a lot of jobs for him. Uh, mostly selling and trading information with other people from other junctions in the deep. Uh, so you, you've spent time with the Dark Elves, with the Goblins. Uh, not so much with the Gnolls. Uh, occasionally you'd have to speak with Gnomes and other people and that other side. Um, but you mostly ran information back and forth for him. And it was because of that and your closeness to him uh, that you became close to his daughter, Song. And that's where your guys' relationship started. Is when you were working for her father. Ah, so I am, in fact, married to a princess. Not anymore. (laughs) She's not a princess anymore, really. I mean, in title, maybe, but after her father's death and after the fall of the, the tiefling kingdom... It kind of fell apart, and that title really doesn't mean anything anymore. Hmm. After her father died, after he was killed, you know that it was an assassin. You know that it was a dark elf. You don't know why, because after that happened, after the, the tiefling order fell into chaos, you both left. That's when you made your way to the surface. Probably a pretty good move. And that's the last time you've been in the deep. But you still know it. And as the three of you grab your stuff off the cart and make your way into the main entrance, into the shallow end, you you walk down the main path into this big cavernous area that's just empty. In the pleasant, this is where we have a few of the intermingling sections. Uh, where the, the dank hole is that's run by the bugbear Bigby, who uh, Bootsy is friends with. Right. But that doesn't exist now. Okay, this is a big old empty cavern. Correct. And you see several different tunnels that lead to the other areas of the deep. Alright, where are we going? <sighs> Weird being back here. It's dark down here. I'm pretty sure I don't have dark vision. Do is extended vision such a thing in this? Not exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but since uh, since he is part of the deep, Orthos definitely has it. Orthos could see down here. Okay. Um, but both uh, Orion and Malik cannot. Uh, but Orion will use one of his uh, item slots to produce a torch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Orion. Yes. It's dangerous to be down here without good vision. Well, it's a good thing we brought you along with. Without you, what else would you be good for? Right. Alright. Let's be careful. But we're just about where we need to be. Do we have any leads 
on who we're actually trying to find. Well, we know that they're gnolls. We know that they were working on the job nine years ago, but none of us ever saw them. We don't know what they look like. I guess they look like gnolls. Right. So, a needle in a haystack. Right. But a knoll in a... Knoll stack. Knoll stack. Right. So, as far as I know, the best plan of action is to find knolls and ask around, try to get information. Find out who might have been involved with that job, and if they're even still alive. Really should have got more information about this before I agreed to it. (laughs) You know that's insane, right? I do. Let's just go. So the the three of you, with using Orion's torch, make your way to the the knoll side. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where we're going. I don't think we want to go. Maybe we want to go party with the goblins first. I don't know, but probably best to do the job. Okay. So the group of you start walking down this this pathway in the deep, and. As you're kind of walking through, you're walking through that initial kind of open area and that first initial tunnel, and you don't hear anything for a while um, until you come up to this this junction where you see two branching paths. Ah, okay. What do you do? Left or right? Do I have any knowledge from my time in the deep of... If there's a major difference between the two, which one leads where? Uh, well, uh, there, there's two different things you can do. Uh, you can try to discern realities, which I can give you uh, some answers depending on questions. Or you could even spout lore to see if there's anything specific you know. Um, I'll go ahead and do some lore spouting. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, that's 2d6 plus intelligence. 11. 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on a 10 plus, I will tell you something interesting and useful on the subject relevant to your situation. Hot damn. So, as far as you know, both these paths eventually actually lead into the same main area. But you do know that the one on the right is generally the most traveled by the gnolls themselves. Uh, the one on the left is always kind of a place that they use as a hunting ground for creatures that wander in here. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll relay the information, and uh, I'm just going to start walking that way. Down the right path? Mm -hmm. The non-hunted path. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, So you guys continue uh, walking down that path. And as you do, you hear sounds kind of in the distance okay and you hear this manic cackling mm. just a <laughs> occasionally I'll put a hand on my sword. I'm gonna look back to Malik and Orion be careful of the fights that you pick down here we're in their land it's best that we don't make any unnecessary enemies should we let ourselves be known more so <laughs> oh, I'm sure they know we're here. Hello. <laughs> As you keep walking. You stop walking? No, I'm going to keep walking. Okay. As you keep walking, 
that that sound kind of gets a little closer, and you hear that laughing, just that <laughs> constantly just getting louder until eventually, as you walk, you see into firelight occasionally you see like glimpses of eyes, glimpses of fire light and eyes around you occasionally. We've come to talk business. Go ahead and give me a Defy Danger Charisma. Uh-oh. Seven. <laughs> okay. You stumble, hesitate, or flinch. I will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. Okay. When you're when you're talking, there's... You're a little freaked out. <laughs> you, you've never been in the deep. You've never heard a sound like this in in this kind of environment. You've seen gnolls. You've fought gnolls. Right. But you've never been in their territory. You've always kind of fought them above ground for the rare times that they've shown up. Okay. So this is different. This is unsettling. Yeah. So there's a little bit of fear in your voice as you talk. And the laughing stops. And the eyes aren't seen. Did I say something? To Be careful. That you get closer to each other. I'll stay. I'll put Earthos between me and Orion. And you, you hear a voice, kind of piercing out. What do you want? I'm gonna nudge Earthos in the ribs. <laughs> We're looking for some gnolls that transported a blade. About nine years ago. You you hear nothing for a period of time. You you then hear like a little bit of whispering. Go away. You're not welcome here. I need those answers. You then hear a kind of crunch as like a footstep. And then you hear softly a cry. And you you hear this just very soft crying sound. And it sounds like a young girl. I don't know if Malik knows the capabilities of Knowles. Um, prop. I, I would imagine that Earthos might, though, right? Yeah, I would hold up a hand if you got too frisky. Yeah, I would take a step forward, but be tentative. Yeah, I'll put a hand in front of you. I'm just kind of nod my head no but there's a girl unlikely down here the the crying continues and it's desperate gnolls might not look it but they're tricksters some of the very buffed how could they mimic such things I'll try and not necessarily try to push forward but like kind of resist against your hand they have a um sort of lure gifted by, to them by their deity allows them to mimic the sounds and voices of others. I'll take a step back. What a vile trick. Can I, mm. may chat, try and utilize my um, fanning the flames here? Uh, what is that? It lets me use firebrand on a group. Firebrand lets me uh, introduce a new idea to an NPC. Um, 
and then they believe it to be their own idea if I am successful. Okay. And with the fanning the flames allows you to do it to a full group. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, What is the idea that you're trying to convey? That these uh, travelers would probably leave if we told them what Noel transported the sword. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me 2d6 plus charisma. Alright. Um, I'll spark a flame in my palm and kind of speak through it in front of my mouth. Mm-hmm. 12. Okay. So, on a 10 plus, they believe the idea to be their own <laughs> and take to it with favor. Mm, yes, yes. Ah, that's a good idea. We we should just tell them what they want to know so they'll leave. And you hear the other one going, But I'm hungry now. I just want to eat my meal. And you continue to hear that crying that you heard before. Hmm. Between them talking. How many are usually in a pack? I hear two voices. Could there be a third or fourth? Potentially. Give it some time. We can investigate in a bit. First thing we need to do is accomplish what we came down here for. If we need to get our hands dirty after that, we can do it. But right now, we have to focus on our mission. Right. So the the two of them, you, you hear kind of talking back and forth as the two of you have your short whisper. And uh, you hear the one going like, okay, yes, we, we should definitely talk to him. We should definitely talk to them. And the two of them walk forward. And the the first one kind of steps forward you see blood on his hands Mm. and the second one behind him you see carrying something kind of wrapped in cloth and the it's moving and then the first one continues to walk a little closer but just kind of slightly in the embers of the the firelight is the crying coming from whatever's in his hand yes you can hear it now tighten my grip on my sword. I won't unsheathe it, but I'll definitely tighten it. You get your information quick, Orthos. What do you need to know? The gnolls that transported the sword. Where are they? Who are they? Sword. Transported sword. When... when Nine years ago. On the surface. Knows that White. <sighs> if you... Whoever saw it, they'd never forget it. Right. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> Nine years ago. Yes, there was... That was... Glish's... People. She... She's the one that did that. She She spoke of the sword. About giving them to orcs. I'm gonna look back to Orion. Where is this... Glish, that you speak of. Ah, Glish, she's... She's in her den. She has her den. Uh, She has her own den with her own people. We do not associate so much with them. She's their alpha. We have our own. Do the two of your... packs have a disagreement with each other? Yeah. We fight for food. Resources, often. That's mostly it. Then you wouldn't mind if we went and bothered her. No, please do. And I'd imagine that 
she may be inclined to try and stop us. If you go after her, I'm sure. She's violent. I'm losing an ear because of her. I'm going to look at Earthos and look back at this knoll. If you could get us to her safely, there's a good chance we'd take her off the board. That means more hunting grounds and food for you and your pack. Go ahead and... Go ahead and give me a parlay. Parlay. Man, charisma's really not my strong suit. <laughs> uh, go ahead and get, take a plus one forward uh, because of the setup. Heck so, yeah. So I get a plus one? Orthos, yeah. It's a 13. All right. Oh, yeah. Double right. sixes, Ooh, baby. Doggy. I'll just kind of get a shitting grin. Yes. Yes, we'll take you to her. Our... As close as we're willing to get to her, we'll show you where she is. And you'll guarantee our safe passage until then. Yes, 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 yes. As much as we can guarantee for our lot. Okay. Perfect. Narrow eyes. May we eat our meal first? I'll dry swallow. (laughs) I'm going to give a really stern look to Orion. Orion kind of looks at the bag and looks at them and looks at you guys. Yes. Eat your meal. I'll be a little and they, surprised when he says that. He nods, and he opens up the bag. I'll be looking to see what's in that bag. Once he opens up the bag, you see inside, and he produces it, and it's this figure, this humanoid figure that you see kind of comes out of it stumbling. They're wearing very meager clothes very small like tattered clothes and there's some humanishness to it but you also see some bird features mm. um this this individual has fairly small hands that are very bird like uh black feathers uh their their face is mostly human except for kind of a a beak I was thinking that they have, but maybe not protruding um, yellow eyes as they kind of lift off the ground. Like they, they, they're small. They're young. Like this creature looks like it's maybe a year old, and it's got a broken leg, and it's got a scratched arm, and it's crying as it looks up at these creatures. We'll look at this thing and then look back at these creatures. Would you be willing to share? They kind of look at you confused. We're Hmm. guaranteeing you more food and hunting grounds. Maybe we could take that as a uh, to-go bag for ourselves with the promise of giving you more food in the future. But this is our meal now. We fought hard for this meal. It doesn't look like you fought very hard for it. Well, we had to fight its family wasn't easy to get. I don't mean to be heartless, Malik, but this isn't a fight that we can fight here. We can't. We're not going to win both. We can't get this information from an alpha that's across this cave and rescue an infant with a broken leg. I'm sorry. I'm gonna wince. But I'm hungry as well. I'm trying to think. There's a role here. (laughs) But I'm trying to think of what it is. I'll open up my bag and pull out ten uses of rations. Lay it on the ground. 
I'll trade you this for it. Okay. So you're going to try to parlay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me a roll plus charisma. Do I get a plus to that or anything? Nope. Five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take what we got. And the one bites into the girl's arm. And she screams in pain. Orion charges him. Yeah. I'm going to pull out my blade, too. <laughs> okay. So the... I'll first get to do what the... Uh, established with Orion first. Okay. So Orion rushes forward towards this creature with his... Pulls out his hammer. All right. So Orion gets an 11 on his attack. So Orion runs up with this hammer... And hits this thing, this knoll in the head. <laughs> and his head explodes. Goddamn. And blood Fuck kind of yeah. scatters out around him, the other knoll, and on this young girl. <laughs> As Orion just crushes this guy like a fucking Gallagher concert. And this girl, like, kind of falls to the side and kind of scurries away as this... This other creature, this other knoll kind of gets jared back. What do you do, Malik? I'm going to run up while drawing my sword, and I'm going to put the blade to his neck. I'm going to threaten him. Okay. Give me a defy danger. Okay. Could I uh, use my strength on strength. this? Strength, yes. Cool. That's a 12. All right. Uh, what do you say? As I'm him? running forward, as this... I'll take this, like, opportunity as his knoll gets, like, covered in blood to, like, move in on him. Mm -hmm. And I'll get it to where just the very tip of my blade is, like, poking him in the Adam's apple. Okay. And I'll be like, my fringe has popped your guy's head like a grape. Imagine what I can do. And he, he looks at you terrified. <laughs> And just yes, yes, I, 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 I we'll, 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 I'll take you, I'll take you, don't kill, go get on me. Damn right, you you'll her. take me. Now we're playing this by our rules. Now I'm gonna take your meal and save it for later. And guess what? You don't get any. He kind of shakily shakes his head, and Orion, uh, kind of steps over, puts his hammer away, and like leans towards this this little girl. And he puts his hand out and kind of helps her to her feet a little bit. Um, but she's wounded. She It's hard for her to stand up because of her broken leg. That'll do it. And I've got some bandages in my bag. All right. Um, don't worry. We'll help you. And this, this little girl, this one-year-old girl, looks up. And her, her features start to become more human-like as she kind of calms down. I know who that is. And uh, she she has black hair and these very yellow eyes. And she kind of weakly smiles and nods at him. Imagine if that was one of your little ones. I'm going to kind of look at you upset. There is a war going on on the surface. I don't know if you know this, but every moment that we stall, little ones are dying. I'm sorry that I have to be impartial, but Orion came here, a major general, and asked me to do a job. I stepped out of this, so I didn't have to make these decisions. But I agreed to come back and do what I had to. And if you guys aren't willing to, then I'll do it by myself. I'll kind of wince. Consider it one less little one killed. <sighs> I'm not so sure. How are we going to make it out of here with 
We'll make it out. I'll hold my tongue. I'll protect this girl while we're here. Do we tie him up or do we let him run free? If we tie him up, we'll look very suspicious. I think we've shown this individual what we can do. I think he knows that we're not messing around. Well, we need him to guide us as well. I'll guide you. I'll do what you say. I promise. Please, come with me. I'll show you the clash. And he kind of stumbles forward a little bit past his dead companion (laughs) and leads you further into the tunnels. 